ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wisdom from Above, where we go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. My name is Dr. Harlan Betts, and in this eighth season of Wisdom from Above, we're working our way through the book of Revelation. The beloved disciple John has been banished to a Roman penal colony on the Isle of Patmos. While there, God reveals things to John, and in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, Jesus commands John to record three things. First, the things that were, chapter 1, the past vision of Christ. Second, the things which are now, chapters 2 and 3, the present letters to the seven churches. And third, the things which shall be hereafter, chapters 4 through 22, the future events which will take place after the church age. We have concluded our study of Revelation chapters 2 and 3 and the letters to the seven churches. Now we're going to switch gears and start looking at chapters 4 through 22 and the things which are going to take place in the future. A Houston woman, shopping for a gift for her husband, was determined to get him out of the stodgy, conservative clothing he always bought for himself. So she said to the saleswoman in the menswear section of the store, I'm looking for something wild and youthful in a pair of men's slacks. The saleswoman sighed and replied, Aren't we all, dearie? Aren't we all? Another Houston woman went to the police with her neighbor to report that her husband was missing. The police asked for a description. She said, He's six foot two, has dark eyes, dark wavy hair, and athletic build, weighs 185 pounds, and is soft spoken. Her next door neighbor protested. Your husband is five foot six, bald, chubby, and has a loud mouth. The wife replied, Yes, I know, but who wants him back? Today I am forecasting a missing persons report. I am telling you before it happens that the church will be missing. How do I know? I know because the church is missing in Revelation chapters 6 through 18. The church has simply disappeared. We're studying the book of Revelation, and we've been looking intently at church after church after church after church after church after church after church in chapters 2 and 3. And suddenly, there's no more mention of the church in chapters 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18... I am doing something very different in this podcast. Usually, we open the Bible, turn to the next section of Scripture, and with God's help, I seek to explain what is found in that passage. But today, we're going to open our Bible, turn to the next section of Scripture, and with God's help, I will try to explain what is not found in that passage. You heard me right. Instead of explaining what we do see in these verses, I'm going to explain what we don't see. And what we don't see in chapters 6 through 18 
of the book of Revelation is the church. We have to ask ourselves why. The Bible makes it clear that the church is missing during chapters 6 through 18, but why? Well, chapters 6 through 18 covered the period of time known as the tribulation. The reason the church is missing during this period of time, known as the tribulation, is because the church is not here during the tribulation. The Bible reveals that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the church will suddenly vanish from the face of the earth. All believers will suddenly vanish from the face of the earth. They will go on the ultimate trip with Jesus to heaven. This event could happen at any moment, and this event is known as the rapture. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus will rapture the church up to heaven before the tribulation begins. We read about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Now, if Jesus raptures a church previous to the tribulation, it is called a pre-tribulation rapture, or a pre-trib rapture. I believe the rapture takes place previous to the tribulation. Consequently, I believe in a pre-trib rapture. There are actually five different views about the rapture. View one, there is no rapture. No rapture. The rapture is not ever going to happen. View two, post-trib rapture. The idea that the rapture will take place after all seven years of tribulation. View three, pre-wrath rapture. The idea that the Rapture will be after three quarters of the seven years of tribulation. View four, the mid-trib rapture. The idea that the rapture will take place after one half of the seven years of tribulation. And finally, number five, view number five, pre-trib rapture. The idea that the rapture will take place before all seven years of the tribulation. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I believe the pre-trib rapture view is the correct view. I believe the pre-trib rapture view is the view that is presented in the scripture. If you want to study this further, you can contact me by email using this address. Betts at gmail.com I will email you a two-page study guide that briefly explains why I believe in a pre-trib rapture. It also shows the weaknesses of the mid-trib and post-trib rapture views. Once again, let me remind you, the reason for today's study on the rapture is because the church has disappeared in this prophetic book. Before we go any further, I want to take some time to highlight three of the many reasons why I believe in a pre-trib rapture. Reason number one, no mention. No mention. We're going through the book of Revelation. The church has been the major player and the key recipient of all the letters and all the challenges in chapters 1 through 3. In fact, the church has been mentioned 17 times in chapters 1 through 3. But suddenly... 
in chapters 4 and 5, God spiritually transports John up to heaven just prior to showing him all the events of the tribulation as recorded in chapters 6 through 18. In a similar way, God will transport all believers up to heaven just prior to the tribulation. And in the book of Revelation, the church, which has been referred to 17 times in the first three chapters, is spoken of zero times in chapters 6 through 18. Why is the church mentioned zero times in chapters 6 through 18? Why? Because the church is no longer on earth. Why? Because the church has been raptured up to heaven. Why? Because the church is raptured before the seven years of tribulation. The tribulation is not for the church. It is for Israel. We know that from Daniel chapter 9. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no mention of the church in Revelation chapters 6 through 18. This deafening silence cannot be explained by those who reject a pre-trib rapture. So reason one, no mention. Reason number two, no wrath. No wrath. Chapters 6 through 18 deal with the wrath to come, and the Bible declares that the church is promised to be delivered out from the wrath to come. This promise is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, where we read, For from you the word of the Lord is sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had with you, and how you turned from God, turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Notice, as he writes to these believers in Thessalonica, he comments about their faith in Christ, and that Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. Revelation chapter 6 to 18 revealed the outpouring of God's wrath in sealed judgments, trumpet judgments, and bowl judgments. But according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible declares that the church is not appointed to this outpouring of God's wrath. Well, what have we discovered? The tribulation is the time of the wrath of the Lamb, and the church has promised exemption from that wrath. These promises of being exempted from the wrath cannot be explained by those who reject a pre-trib rapture. Reason number three, no connection. No connection. The church will be raptured up to heaven before the tribulation because the tribulation is not designed for the church. The tribulation is a seven-year period predicted in the Old Testament as a time of turning Israel back to God. And Israel is not the church. And the church is not Israel. Chapters 6 through 18 are the fulfillment of the prophecies concerning 
the time of Jacob's trouble. The tribulation period is often called the time of Jacob's trouble. The church is not Jacob. The tribulation will be a time when unsaved Gentiles have a final opportunity to turn to God. And the church is not unsaved Gentiles. The tribulation will be a time when Israel has an opportunity to turn back to God. And the church is not Israel. The church has no connection with the tribulation. These distinctions and these prophecies cannot be explained by those who reject a pre-trib rapture. Now, I must acknowledge that some scholars try to deny and dismiss and disparage the rapture by saying that it is a new idea, an idea invented by Jonathan Darby in the 19th century and promoted by C.I. Schofield in the 20th century. Is the rapture a new idea? Is the rapture a 19th century invention? Absolutely not. It dates back to A.D. 33, where Jesus talked about the rapture. And to the years following that, where Paul talked about the rapture. Now, I understand that this is doubted. So let me prove it. What is the early support for the pre-trib rapture? Let's look at the biblical support for the pre-trib rapture. First, I want to mention Daniel, who was in, in writing in 537 B.C., before Christ, in Daniel 9, 24 to 27. We don't have time to investigate this passage on the This Wisdom from Above podcast, but this is an amazing prophecy. This incredible prediction of Daniel 69.7's pinpoints the day of Christ's triumphal entry on March 30, A.D. 33. It is a remarkable testament to the sovereignty of God. After the first 69 sevens predicted in Daniel are completed, there's a break in which the church age takes place. Then, immediately after the conclusion of the church age, the 70th Seven-year period takes place. Daniel's 70th seven is a prophecy of a future seven-year period we know of as a tribulation. Daniel predicts that the tribulation will open with the signing of a treaty between Israel and the Antichrist. And then he predicts that the Antichrist will break that treaty in the middle of the seven years with the abomination of desolation. Then Daniel predicts that the tribulation will close with the glorious return of Christ to rule and reign. Now, Daniel 9 does not speak of the rapture, but it does lay the foundation for the clearly predicted and yet still future seven-year period known as a tribulation, and it makes it crystal clear that this seven years is about Israel and not about the church. 
second, let's look at Jesus. In A.D. 33, Jesus, in Matthew 24, 36-44, predicts the rapture. Matthew chapters 24 and 25 are called the Olivet Discourse. We looked at it in an earlier season. In those two chapters, Jesus predicts the signs of the times, the signs of the tribulation, and the signs of the second coming. Jesus tells the church aid believers to be ready for the rapture because he will come like a thief in the night. No one will know the day nor the hour. Two will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken in the rapture. The other will be left to go behind in the tribulation. Two will be working in the field. One will be taken in the rapture. The other will be left behind to go into the tribulation. In John chapter 14, at the upper room discourse, Jesus promises that he is going to heaven and he's going to prepare a place for the believers and that he will return to rapture them up to his father's house. Now please note, Jesus did not say he would prepare them a place on earth. He said he would prepare a place in heaven. He said he's coming in the clouds to rapture believers back up to heaven with him. But we know that seven years later, Jesus will come to the earth at his second coming. Jesus and all these believers will come here to earth where Jesus will rule and reign for a thousand years. And then we look at Paul. A.D. 50 and 51, he writes 1 Thessalonians. 4, 13, 18. Jesus says that he will come in the, uh, Paul says, Jesus will come in the clouds and the church age believers will be caught up. That's a word for rapture. The church age believers will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord and then taken with him to heaven. The Latin Vulgate translates this term caught up with a Latin word related to the word rapture, which means to snatch up. The rapture will be accompanied by a shout from the Lord, raising the dead and calling all believers to himself, and the sounding of the trumpet of God. Next, Paul speaks of the day of the Lord and the destruction and outpouring of wrath that will come in the tribulation. And he comforts the church-age believers with the declaration that they are not destined to go through that time of wrath. So Paul talks about a pre-tribulation rapture. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-12, the pre-trib rapture concept is reinforced. In this one chapter, the Apostle Paul mentions the rapture. He talks about the church-age believers being gathered together unto Jesus. He talks about the Antichrist being revealed at the beginning of tribulation. He talks about the Antichrist desecrating the temple at the middle of tribulation. He talks about the Antichrist being destroyed at the end of tribulation. And he talks about the second coming. All 
recorded in one chapter. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51-53, we read that about the pre-trib rapture as well. Now, I've seen uh, this verse printed and posted over a church nursery room door. Paul writes, We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <laughs> now, that, that is hilarious that they would put that over a nursery room door. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But that, that's not the point of the passage. Paul is pointing out that church believers will not all die. Physically. For a believer, physical death is like taking a nap and taking a little trip. These believers go to bed here, but they wake up in heaven. Paul's point is that some believers will still be living when Christ returns to rapture believers up to heaven. Once again, Paul notes that this rapture will be accompanied by the raising of the dead and the sounding of the trumpet. He notes that all believers, whether living or dead, will be changed and translated up to heaven. And this rapture will happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Now there's a question that we must ask. What sacrifices do people have to make in order to reject a pre-trib rapture? Well, number one, those who reject a pre-trib rapture are sacrificing the literal meaning of Scripture. They spiritualize the Scripture. When I say they spiritualize the Scripture, what I mean is that they empty it of its actual, literal, grammatical meaning. They deny the historicity and reality of whatever is being spoken of, and they look at it allegorically or symbolically. Those who reject the pre-trib rapture have to spiritualize the teachings of Daniel in Daniel 9. They have to spiritualize the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 24 and 25. They have to spiritualize the teaching of Jesus in John 14. They have to spiritualize the teachings of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. They have to spiritualize the teachings of Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2. They have to spiritualize the teaching of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. And they have to spiritualize the teachings of John in Revelation chapter 6 through 18. So they sacrifice the literal meaning of Scripture. The empty of it, it's actual, literal, grammatical meaning. Second, those who reject a pre-tribulational rapture sacrifice the imminency of Christ's return. You see, throughout the New Testament, we're told that Jesus' return is imminent. That is, that Jesus could return at any moment. There's no one who knows the day nor the hour. But those who reject the pre-trib rapture and present other views of the rapture are denying that Jesus' return is imminent. They're denying that Jesus could come at any moment. They have set up a rapture scheme that enables them to know the day of Christ's return. The mid-tribber 
can count down 1,260 days from the Antichrist Treaty with Israel to the day of Christ's return. That is, they can count down 1,260 days from the Antichrist breaking of the Treaty of, Treaty of Israel to the day of Christ's return. The pre-wrath view can count down 1,260 days from the abomination of desolation of Christ's return, or half that from the time of the seven bowl judgments to the time of Christ's return. The post-tribber can count down 2,520 days from the signing of the treaty, and they can count down the 1,260 days from the desecration of the temple. Only the pre-trib view maintains the challenge and the comfort of imminency. And number three, those who reject a pre-trib rapture are looking for signs rather than a savior and for the antichrist rather than the Christ. You see, those who reject a pre-trib rapture for the mid-trib view are looking for the two witnesses and the antichrist rising power rather than looking for the blessed hope of Christ's rapture of the church. Those who reject the pre-trib view for a pre-wrath or post-trib view are looking for the murder of the two witnesses, the abomination of desecration, the mark of the beast, the outpouring of God's wrath, rather than the blessed hope of Christ's rapture and keeping us exempt from the wrath to come. In our next episode of Wisdom from Above, we will look at the historical record of those who believed in and taught the pre-trib rapture. But as we close, I want to share two challenges. Number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It is so easy to get sidetracked or misled in today's world. The Bible warns us that in the last days, People will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Challenge number two, keep in the word. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed. We must carve out the time to be in the word, and then we must accept whatever the word says as true. Remember what Jesus said. God's word is truth. We have two options. We can believe in Jesus and be taken up to heaven in the rapture. Or we can reject Jesus and be left behind to go on earth for the tribulation. As for me and my house, we will trust the Lord. Thank you, my friends, for joining me for this episode of Wisdom from Above. There are other people out there who are looking for good, solid Bible teaching, so please let them know about Wisdom from Above. We want everyone, everywhere, to be able to have access to these podcasts, so Wisdom from Above is both ad-free and cost-free. Wisdom from Above, listening audience, is growing 
our Spotify audience was up 61% in 2022. I want to thank you for telling others about Wisdom from Above. I genuinely appreciate what you're doing to help me grow this podcast outreach. Some of you have put the podcast on your social media. Some of you have shared various podcasts with your family and friends. Thank you. I look forward to meeting with you again next week as we continue our study of the book of Revelation. Until then, I want to wish you a great week and God's blessings. Thank you so much for joining me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above.